93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Glad that you have tuned in this weekend. We are very honored to have Elizabeth Mendenhall joining us in the studio. Elizabeth is the uh, CEO of Remax Boone Realty and uh, former president of the National Association of Realtors. And so she comes to the studio with a lot of great information. Elizabeth, great to have you back. Thanks for having me. Always good to be here. You know, the last time you were on was in December of last year. And little did we know, or little did I know, how dramatically things were going to change. And, you know, we kept hearing these crazy news stories about how the Fed was going to raise rates six times in, in 2022. For some reason, I didn't believe them. It had been so long since the Fed had raised rates. Uh, but boy, uh, has the world changed. It keeps happening, and I keep feeling like that's the story that we're telling every yeah. six months is, yes, real estate has changed again. Yep, yep, it's crazy. I want to just go back, even though you've been on the show before, and a lot of people in town know you, but I want to uh, just talk a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and, and uh, when did you first join uh, Remax Boone Realty? Cool. Columbia native, uh, yeah. Hickman Cupie right here. All right, go Cupies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I joined Remax in 1996. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting because I feel like I, I was hearing these stories of what the real estate market was like in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now, of course, we have the crash in 08, yep. 09, and now we get to have the whole real estate market conversation and stories yeah. to tell from the pandemic and where we are today. Yeah. What will they call 2022? I mean, uh, if, if 2008, mm. 2007, 8, 9, was was a crash how how will they how will historians define t- 2022 that's a great question yeah. you know it, i mean it might be a correction yeah because of yeah. course with covid mm-hmm. um you know sales are so hot people are moving all over the country trying mm-hmm. to now realize they can work from anywhere and now um kind of it's like okay are we settling back into what might be a new normal we keep hearing yeah. that conversation yeah. will we ever be where we were when rates were so low will we ever be where things were so hot um but i think what the thing that we continue to learn from history is that we can never say never yeah, isn't that the truth? You, you know, I think it's, uh, I, I want to go back a little bit to, uh, just your historical perspective because I think a lot of our listeners will, will remember your grandparents, uh, Hurst and Mary Jane Mendenhall. How long have the Mendenhalls been in the real estate business in this market? Since 1894. Oh, is that <laughs> We're right? We're all crazy yeah. or who knows what. Um, but this is, you know, this is home. Yeah. This is, this is a town. This is a community that we all love. I mean, I love talking to you about Boone County because mm-hmm. you know so much. Um, I could never even touch your wealth of knowledge, but it's fun to share an appreciation of of what it means to be in Missouri, which is so different, Fred, than Florida and California. Absolutely. And as people move here to the community, um, we love selling this community because it is awesome. I imagine as uh, president of the National Association of Realtors, you you probably talk to a lot of people from all over the country and you probably sort of chuckle to yourself and say, oh, that doesn't happen in Columbia, Missouri or Boone County, Missouri. You know, you've got uh, uh, it's a pretty special place where we live. It is. And what what I loved the most was traveling to other 
other places and appreciating how great we are. Yeah. But also now that I am connected to this really kind of more global group of real estate volunteers. Yeah. Seeing them come to our community and love and appreciate our community and saying how wonderful the people are here. Like, that's when you just want to shine and feel proud of everybody. Yeah. We tend to get focused, and this is Fred Perry saying this, not Elizabeth Menhall, but we tend to get sort of focused uh, uh, too much, maybe, uh, or not enough, on our wacky city council or crazy (laughs) county commission. But in the end, uh, with all things said and done, uh, we still live in a pretty special place. We do. And I I think... I would hope that one of the things that we continue to have is I think better decisions are always made when more diversity is at the table. Mm -hmm. It's hard to argue that point. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, there's a great group called the wisdom of crowds and it talks about Mm. the more people who are consulted, the better ideas that you can come up with. And, And so I would hope that we can kind of think of, Columbia as that, yeah, you know, not not to discourage people from participating, but to encourage, and that that leads us to better conversations and a better community. Yeah, I wish that people that truly have skin in the game would get more involved because they are directly impacted by some of the decisions that are made, and and you know, you want everybody at the table, but you know, uh, especially with those who have a lot to gain or lose as a result of the way decisions are made. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty. Um, uh, but even those people don't come to the table, and, and I think that's that's unfortunate. I don't know what keeps people from choosing not to get involved, but uh, we definitely would benefit as a community if more people got involved and, and uh, you know, let their voice be heard. So I had this interesting conversation with somebody just mm-hmm. the other day mm-hmm. about doorbells. Mm-hmm. And if you think about when, when I grew up and yeah. the doorbell rang, yeah. we would run to the yeah. front door to yeah. see who's at the doorbell. Yep. Today, if some doorbell rings... I'm like on my couch, buried under yeah. my, like, you know, blanket going, trying not to move. Like, yeah. you think that nobody's, see nobody's in my house. Yeah. So why is that, that we've kind of become disconnected to yeah. reaching out to others yeah. and being open that, like, others are going to come sometimes into our life? And I don't know where that shift happened, mm-hmm. but there is definitely a, a difference in, yeah, getting out there, being involved, meeting all of your neighbors yeah. and, and knowing it's a community and saying, hey, I'm just great, locked in my house and everything's yeah. really good i was talking to a politician this week and i said uh we're talking about the value of door-to-door and my recommendation personally uh is uh you can leave literature on on my door but don't ring my doorbell uh you know don't interrupt me and Uh uh because uh my uh tranquility and peace and quiet at home uh i don't want to be disturbed i don't Mm want to interact i have to do that outside of my home all the time and so uh my home is my safe space and so you know i don't know you're right i mean it's just uh, society has changed dramatically and so we're we're so many people don't know their neighbors don't talk to their neighbors and and it's just it's it's a major contradiction from when you and i were kids you know well and obviously um i think of course i'm here today to talk about the community talk about real estate but mm-hmm. i also think that um we're working more mm-hmm. we're needing more money mm-hmm. to do the things that we were always doing before yeah we know that um, households are requiring a um, really a two-person income yeah in this community mm-hmm. to live the way that most people envisioned they yeah. would be living yeah. and um and some some have that and some don't mm-hmm. and so especially if you don't have that it there's more time um you you're you're running errands at different hours yep. you know you may be the only one who's yeah. running the errands and doing some things yeah. and so the thought 
thought of attending a city council meeting or mm-hmm. the thought of, well, you know, the community potluck just School seems board. a little overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, you got it. You're so right. Well, I, uh, it's, it's great to have that perspective and, and that conversation with you. I, I think that the, uh, I think we ought to jump into the July numbers because I think that really, uh, gives you a very good look. They're kind of a microcosm of everything that's happening right now in real estate and, um, you know, there's just some shocking information uh, to me, and I feel like I pay pretty close attention. Uh, but just to see what has happened in our in our local market, and and so, um, I'd, I'd like to kind of just hear you talk about some of the numbers that that sort of jump off the page to you when when you look at July numbers for July 2022, and of course you're comparing to previous months, but you're also comparing year over year mm-hmm. uh, and uh, several years over years. Um, what's the most surprising thing that pops out to you? Well, one thing that I want to point out is the reason that it's so critical to that we talk about July, June, July, and August. Yeah. Because we are still a community which revolves around the school calendar. Oh, yeah. Um, people are working at the university. They're working at multiple you know, different universities mm-hmm. in the area. And so we, are, we still see in this market, unlike other markets we see the majority of our real estate is sold in those periods of you know kind of may through september ish Mm -hmm. and so when we see those numbers we are seeing the best snapshot of what can kind of happen over the course of the year december i think is always another fun month Mm. because that's when the investors come out and they try to like catch up something before the end of the year (laughs) right smart (laughs) but this last um this july in particular you talk about year over year this is what just blew me away because you do want to look at a five-year snapshot and mm-hmm. somebody who said, okay, what's going to happen? Somebody maybe who held back. Get this. In 2017, the average price of a single-family home here in the community. So it, generally when we're talking about that, we're looking at maybe two-bedroom, or I'm sorry, three-bedroom, two-bath. Two yep. We're looking at 1,500 you know, yeah. to 1,700 square feet, depending upon where you are in the community, was um, around $212,000. Mm-hmm. We jumped to 2022. That number is now 324,000, almost 325,000. Wow. That's what we are looking at over a five year period. It's an increase of 112,000, mm-hmm. 113,000. And, uh, I mean, and you know that incomes have not increased like that, you know? Uh, no. And, uh, so if you were to point at one or two things that could be behind mm-hmm. this, significant increase and, and if i were smart i could do the math here but it's it's almost like a 33 percent increase uh, almost uh in mm-hmm. the cost of the average home here in boone county um is it a is it completely a supply and demand issue or are there other factors at work here uh, it, it absolutely starts with supply and demand, and mm-hmm. it starts with the supply needing of, again, we talk about our, our peak millennials. They're coming into their own. They're coming into where they want to have kids. They're coming in. They can buy a home. Mm-hmm. They're entering the market at a higher, they're not a really a first-time yeah. home buyer's rate of what we might see because they're earning more. Mm-hmm. We've got great um, companies here. We see the ex- expansive growth of Veterans United yep. and Equipment Share, yep. um, you know, and even with the university and some different things. So we see that growth happening and they need homes. How old is a peak millennial? Just so, yeah. So peak millennials are going to be in those early 30s. OK. You now we're going to see late 20s, early 30s, even, you know, kind of that mid 30 range. Yeah. And 
So what happened was, is we, when 2008, 2009 hits and the whole, the whole real estate market comes to a crash because mm-hmm. of mortgage lending, not only was the lending happening with the houses, but it's happening in the commercial sector and then with businesses. Mm-hmm. So we see the, we moved to the lowest point of building in this country we had seen since the yeah. early, um, you know, late 1900s. Yeah. And so we're not building homes, which was fine because Generation X, the, the 50 year olds, the me's of the world, <laughs> There weren't as many of us. Yeah. Now we moved to this peak millennial. We had scaled back on construction, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden, here they need houses. Um, it seems like you told me before that we really never recovered from 2008, 2009. Never, no. We still yeah. are, have not reached those numbers. If the scars were that deep. I, it just really, I, it scared banks. It scared builders. Mm-hmm. It scared a lot of people. It's it, it, in this community. It's to me, it's really easy to talk about because you know we were talking about six, seven, ten years ago, the growth of all the apartments. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what's happening? Well, all those. People People who needed all those apartments, yeah. they're now moving out, and ah, they want a home. Yeah, and so it's logical to think that ten years down, they're going to need a home. Yeah. Um, then we now couple that with COVID. We couple that with building shortages. Mm-hmm. We couple that with the fact that people realize that they want to use their homes differently. Mm-hmm. They want to move, and now that they can actually do jobs from different locations, and Columbia is a great place. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the comfort of your home uh, is a big factor because you're spending. You may be working out of your home, correct? And, and you're entertaining at your home, and you're uh, for two years. We were stuck at home, mm-hmm. you know. So it's uh, it's pr- pretty important. Here's another just crazy weird fun factor. Yeah, is that um, people when they buy and sell um, about 40% of their decisions are made and they're taking their pets into consideration Uh, so what else happened during COVID everyone got pets yeah and so it's like hey what do we need to do now so um yeah interesting numbers yeah so when you you think I mean the July numbers say well we were home sales were down ten percent versus last Mm -hmm. this time last year um and you're so you you manually you automatically look at that and say oh that's unhealthy well it's but when you look at the big picture, you look at the five-year trend, it's it's far from unhealthy. Yeah. So we are still at, um, our month supply of inventory now is 1.38. Yeah. Six months of inventory was kind of considered a balanced market. Wow. We're still at 1.38. Now mm-hmm. that changes significantly when you pop in that over 500 mm-hmm. price range. Um, that jumps up to 4.6 months. Wow. And even at um, 450 to 500, it's 2.3. So mm-hmm. still in that lower end, that average in the median end of homes, homes are still moving very quickly yeah move up to the upper end four point i mean that just feels like forever yeah. when yeah. you've been hearing these stories of yep. people getting multiple offers yep. i know in one day in yeah. one day i yeah. know that you know a seller has their home on the market now in 10 days and you've it's like what's wrong, what's wrong? Yeah. yeah yeah it's really interesting we, i've been watching a house in southern boone county that intrigues me and and i've just been i think it's it's around 650 and and i have been surprised at how many times uh they They've dropped the price in the last, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the last couple of months. And so uh, people are impatient because they got used to uh, seeing things, you know, again, with multiple offers in, in, in two or three days. Um, so the inventory thing, it, what does that really mean in the grand scheme of things? It, it, does it mean you just have less to choose from when you're shopping? Sure. It means less choices, yeah. less what you want. Um, obviously, there's still a different 
of opinion if somebody wants existing or they want new home construction. So, you know, there's, those are different wants, completely mm-hmm. different wants. And so even with the um, new construction numbers, you know, those numbers, there were 20 homes that new construction homes that were sold in July. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's not a lot. No, not you at know, all. and so yeah. if that's what you're looking for, your choices get limited yeah. real quick. That's the voice of Elizabeth Hall, the CEO of Remax Being Realty and former president of the National Association of Realtors. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the market and and uh, what type of income you have to have to afford the median household price here in Columbia these days. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. This is 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Elizabeth Mendenhall, the CEO of Remax Boone Realty. And uh, we were talking in the first segment. The Mendenhall family has been involved in local real estate since what year? 1894. 1894. That's the year Brian Hansen graduated from high school. So anyway, that's uh, uh, that is a long time. But uh, anyway, a rich uh, tradition and heritage there. Okay, so if the median household price, I may be using the wrong words there, uh, is now up to three hundred twenty-four thousand uh, in in Columbia, what type of annual household income do you have to have? Uh, as a single or as a couple, uh, to make that payment, to qualify for that payment for most banks. Yeah. So if you could get a 5% interest rate, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right, which, um, maybe today you can or can't, yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's going to depend. And, and again, very different from a year. If you put down 5%, um, and I think there's a big misnomer, Fred, people still think you have to put down 20% uh-huh. to get a home and you don't, you know, especially if you that? have some good credit, I um, see. credit okay. scoring has pro- been proven of yeah. who's going to pay and who's not, um, 5% down, your annual income is going to need to be 82,000. Wow. Okay. Almost $83,000. Yeah. And the median household income in Columbia is? Well, Google, our friend, will tell us <laughs> that, that that number is uh, $53,447 yeah. household income. Yeah. I mean, it, it's disappointing. And I, I don't, I mean, it's just, it's reality. And, and if you're a homeowner, it's a great thing. It really is because that's your single largest investment. And, yes. uh, but you know, the, the truth of the matter is, and you know, there's not much anybody can really do about it is that if you're a single mom or a school teacher or, you know, single income family, say you're a state trooper, uh, or a police officer, uh, you can't afford to buy the median, uh, value home in, in Columbia, you know? You are likely not going to qualify yeah. with the income of yeah. which you earn. So you have to get married <laughs> or make more money. You have to get married <laughs> yeah. or win the lottery. Habitate with someone. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, figure out a new form of yeah. ownership. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess it's, you know, I, I, the last time I checked, and this may be changed over the years, but it, it seemed like about 45% of all dwelling units in Boone County were owned. 
uh, by mm. owner occupied. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And that about fifty five percent of dwelling units in, in the market were rentals. And so I don't know if that number's changed or not. Uh, it's been a couple years since I looked at it. But does that sound higher? Low? It sounds to you? about right. Okay. You know, I'm going to go with about right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Unless we get someone who tells us otherwise today. <laughs> yeah. We, we won't hold you to anything here, but. Uh, but I do think here's an interesting thing, though. You know, what does owner occupied mean? Mm-hmm. Because what is happening, and so we're just talking about Missouri here. Yeah. So imagine this escalating in the state of California. Yeah. Oh, my you gosh. Know, what yeah. we're seeing is we're seeing investors who are coming in and realizing that real estate is a good investment. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm going to put down, I'm going to help put down 25% of your home. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to live in the home. You're going to make payments on it. But when you sell it, you're going to then pay me back for my investment. You know, wow. are we going to start to see that type of investing in real estate, wow. you know, happen in our small community? Mm-hmm. Something we, we, we don't see very often. So that is happening in other parts of the country. Yes. Okay. And, you know, we're Investors are saying, yes, the real estate's a, a stable investment. Mm-hmm. I believe it's going to invest. I want to contribute to home ownership. Yeah. I want to make sure that people can benefit from the appreciation. They can't buy it on their own. Mm-hmm. How can I help them do that? You mentioned either at the end of the last segment or, or during our break that uh, uh, it's it's really not, it's not absolutely true that a bank is going to require 20, 20% down. Uh, things are changing. Uh, so tell me how you could possibly get away without putting 20% down? One is if you're a veteran. And you always oh, want to yeah. ask that question if you can qualify for a VA loan. Yeah. Um, that number for you might be zero. Yeah. You know, there certainly are programs for first um, respondents that many banks and mortgage companies have. You yeah. always want to check with that. Yeah. Um, the credit and how you manage your credit is going to be critical in what you're going to be able to afford, how yeah. much you have to put down, and what your payment's going to be. What's a, what's a decent credit score these days? 720 is definitely, you know, going to be a target amount that you're going to kind of want. You know, can you, should you look for home ownership in the mid 600s? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, as you start to approach that lower 600, you're going to, you know, you're going to probably look for maybe doing some repairs. And it's so fascinating because it's real. It, there's a lot of repairs that people can do that they may just not realize. So anything you can do to your talk to your lender to go over that can make suggestions on that may mean that in the next three months you can. Yeah. And it could be an error on the part of that. uh, the creditor absolutely yeah. so um Okay, so you can get away with, uh, and you know, one of the things I've discovered, uh, is that, uh, you know, with banks, uh, they really like making real estate loans because real estate, and you, it's just, you can tell by the appreciation and value here in the last five yes. years, uh, real estate's a really safe bet for a bank. You know, the uh, bank is going to almost always uh, the home itself as collateral is a pretty safe bet. Pretty safe. The the biggest risk for the bank would happen if for some reason, you know, an inspection didn't get performed accordingly and yeah. there were massive structural changes and in, in, in damage that they didn't know about. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, you're going to definitely see um, banks wanting to and reinvesting in the community. Yeah. Right. We yeah. know that when people own homes that guess what they do? They buy cars. Yeah. You know, they pay off their car loans. Right. You know, they're more committed to that. They stay in the community. They stay in jobs longer. Yeah. I mean, every employer, um, I say this, this would be like a dream, right? Every employer <laughs> should help their employees purchase a home. Oh, interesting. It means they're going to have more loyalty to the company. 
You know, I mean, you you look Whoa, at that's uh, well, if, if you have a home, right? You're yeah. probably not going to risk changing a job if you don't know that you're not yeah. going to have income on the other side. Yeah. So think about all of these trends that we see in you know the large cities, Silicon Valley, and the millennials jumping and jumping and jumping. Most of all, it's because they're renting. Yeah. They're gonna they you know they're gonna pick up and move and move to another yeah. spot. When they yeah. own that home, they start to become invested. Yeah. And uh, you know, home ownership is the one thing that changes your financial odds. Whether you're living at fifty percent of the poverty level or you're you're living at uh, 350% of the poverty level, home ownership changes everything. Yeah, the average wealth of a renter, I think, is like $2,000. Of a homeowner, it's 200000 Yeah, I mean, it's that income and that you're gaining in the equity that then helps you refinance it for your children's college. Yeah. Right? Helps you then, um, if you need it for long-term care. Yeah. That's going to help down the line with that. Yeah. Um, how many realtors do you have at Remax? Who in Remax? Uh, we have just under 100. Just under 100. So, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so, do you know, what's the total number of realtors in Columbia these days? I That's a good question. I would say um, we'll have to ask Brian too, or your yeah. CEO of the board. It's usually around uh, 720 okay, so it's, in it's, Columbia. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. uh, it's, it certainly has not gotten any smaller over the years. Um, is this a good time to be a realtor? <laughs> it's uh, You know what? I think it's always a good time because it's to me it's one of the greatest professions, right? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You mm-hmm. are helping people build wealth. You're helping yeah. people get involved in the community. You're helping people find a home. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, the success of someone who is entering the profession depends upon how much they're usually willing to work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, being an independent contractor and owning your own business, you know this. You know, some days you can wake up and kind of stay in bed a little bit oh, longer. Oh, yeah, I'm in the fetal position, absolutely. <laughs> Those are the days that you're probably not going to do as well. I always yeah. ask my realtors if they're struggling. I'm like, did you work 40 hours this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Well, you know, I think it's, uh, as you look at uh, some of the the... Uh, I don't know some some of the things that are, you, you see this generation we talked about it last week I had Diane Lynch from Stevens College on and and we have a generation of kids I hate to call them kids but but you know young 20 somethings who who really one of the most important things about the job they find is can they make a positive impact on the community yes. you know and with people and there's this social consciousness you know and and so I would guess that uh, being a realtor that would be one of the ways to fulfill uh, that that wish you know because hey I'm gonna I'm gonna be there with you one of your happiest moments in your life you know what i love doing um in a we do annual business planning with Mm -hmm. my agents yeah what i love doing them is saying what was your best day in real estate Mm. and inevitably it is the day and and this is when the tears start right it is the day when no one thought they were going to get in the house Mm -hmm. it's the day when no one thought that they you know we're going to be able to purchase this that they went to five lenders and they couldn't get anything but the realtor was able to find figure that out and get it done or they yeah. showed up at the house and you know the seller had left it in total disarray and they stayed there and they cleaned it and at the end of the day they all celebrated you know maybe with the glass of champagne or something yeah, yeah. and neat. and you hear that and you know it's not it's not the day you sold the biggest house. Mm-hmm. It's the day that you made the biggest difference. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So we, we've talked about the dramatic increase in, in the price of, of housing. Uh, in, uh, maybe I should say the value of housing uh, mm-hmm. in this market. But um, have you seen, uh, we, you and I chatted briefly about this back in December, but has there been any problem getting that appraisal price to match the selling price? Has that been an issue considering how robust this growth has been? It generally lags in the spring. Okay. That's when we'll see it lag because with appraisers, they're looking at six months comparatives. Mm-hmm. And so as the spring market starts to pick up, mm-hmm. um, the comparatives they're looking at are back in maybe November or December when yeah. the prices were a little bit lower because um, the market was a little 
little bit slower. Mm-hmm. So we see a little bit of that in March, but we're not now we're really seeing it kind of leveled out. So yeah. um that's been not I would say I haven't gotten as many phone calls on that this yeah. year yeah. as I have in years in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I guess in Missouri the uh the bank, the lending institution gets to pick the uh appraiser mm-hmm. that comes out and, and uh a lot of them uh put names in a hat or they have them in a rotation that, that picks as a realtor as, as a realtor profe- a real estate professional and granted you're probably not selling a lot of houses but you're helping a lot of people who are uh what do you what do you like in an appraiser what do you what's what are some of the common traits that you really appreciate what's a, a good appraiser in your mind we'll start with somebody who's in this market okay oh. you know um yeah. yeah and and i and i say that because an appraiser's licensed in the state of missouri and so we've seen lenders who maybe aren't from this area mm-hmm. and they're hiring an appraiser from their appraiser pool and all yeah. of a sudden somebody's coming up here from west plains and yep. trying to do an appraisal and we're like whoa 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 whoa, yeah. whoa in that instance most appraisers won't do that because yeah. they know they're outside their scope of expertise Can you just call the bank and say hey this is yeah this could be an issue yeah, yeah and okay. we've definitely made made um made those those types of um inquiries before and been yeah. succeeded in saying this is an expertise i think a good appraiser is one who is inquiring they're trying to find good comparables yep. they're asking questions to realtors um we know they're in our mls um and so they're getting current data that they can find a good appraiser is one that is making sure that they are staying neutral Mm-hmm. You know, with their appraiser, um, there's been, and Fred, this is, this is horrible, but we are seeing this happen now in different states where appraisals are coming in differently depending upon, um, the, the seller and the skin color of the oh, seller. Is that right? We've seen, um, really? there's in been a case in, huh? mm-hmm, there's been a case in Michigan. Um, there was most recently a case in Maryland hmm. where, um, Two appraisers are coming in, doing the appraiser on the house, um, and pictures of the sellers are up. Yep. And, you know, they're coming in different depending upon which color the pictures were of the house. Um, Pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope those things are not happening in this community. And if they are, for any reason or anybody feels that way, those things need to be um, discussed, reported immediately to your realtor, to the bank uh, immediately. Pretty strong code of ethics in in the real estate business. Yes. And And certainly with the appraisal institute, for sure. For sure. Um, I want to, one of the numbers that does not look good to me uh, in any context is the, pretty sharp decline in building permits and yeah. um, how there's just not that many permits being pulled. You know, I suppose part of that is probably labor shortage. It's hard to find subs and, and, and stuff like that. There's also uh, a building materials shortage and, and dramatic increases in prices. Um, any other explanation for why building permits uh, would be down uh, somewhat dramatically, especially in Columbia? Out in the county, and in other areas, in Ashland, it's, it's not bad. But in the city of Columbia, uh, it seems to be particularly bad. Uh, for this summer, the numbers seem to be, yeah, definitely low with new construction and yeah. what we're seeing. Um, materials, for sure, and appliances. I mean, mm-hmm. all of those things. And what you mentioned with labor shortages mm-hmm. is a real, real problem. Um, the price in Columbia mm-hmm. is extraordinarily higher in yeah. new construction. In fact, the numbers that we talked about, the median with um on the average single family was 324 on new construction, that number jumps to 391. Whoa. Okay. So now we're definitely in a yeah. seriously different price point than, you know, what most people can afford yeah. in this town. And so it's very hard to sit there and realize that you may not be able to afford that new construction home. Yeah. That's the voice of Elizabeth Mendenhall, the CEO of Boone Remax Realty, uh, former president of the National Association of Realty the world.
world's largest trade organization, so that's really quite an honor. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation and, and maybe give you some advice. Is this a good time to buy a home or sell a home? Uh, Elizabeth Mendenhall will tell you. Uh, we'll be back on the CEO Roundtable right after this. Fred Perry in with Elizabeth Mendenhall. This is 93.9 The Eagle. The people, too, are mess around. They're doing the mess around. They're doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around. Ah, everybody was juice. You can bet your soul. They did the boogie boogie with a study roll. They mess around. They're doing the mess around. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. I'm sitting here visiting with Elizabeth Mendenhall, who is the CEO of Boone Remax uh, Realtors. One, one of the things I, I meant to bring up in the last segment, but it, it's something that I think is kind of interesting. Um, you know, really, uh, though the volumes really are not that dramatically different when you, you look at it historically, uh, but... It seems like the last year created an awful lot of extra work. Uh, this, this thing called escalator clauses, uh, yes. that were people who were putting on their contract. And, and I, you know, I did that too on two properties I sold. I, you know, I, I said, you know, look, we're going to, uh, you know, here's how we're going to do the escalator clause thing. And, and it's an awful lot of work for the realtor. Oh, well, you know what? That's part of our job. (laughs) That's part of our job is to get you the highest price that we can out of the market. I think, you know, the good thing is when markets are going up, um, is it kind of say, you know, it's hard to price a price too low because it it will rise to the price of the market. And what we saw was, is that's exactly what was happening. Um, You know, in 2020, there were 319 homes that were sold in July. In 2021, 280. And now there's... um, in 2022 now, there's 252, yeah. 280 in 2021. Yeah. So we're seeing the number of homes come down. So we're not seeing escalation clauses yeah. as much happening. But it, I'll tell you, um, you know, there's definitely agents have different opinions on whether escalation clauses were good or not. And what that really means is it means that I'm going to, I'm going to put an offer on a house. So I'm mm-hmm. going to make an offer for 350. Yeah. And if I'm the only one, then I'm going to pay three hundred and fifty dollars. Right. But if there's five others, maybe I'm willing to go up to three hundred and eighty. Yeah. But you've got to prove to me yeah. that there's five others to yeah. escalate up to yeah. my, you know, my cap yeah. of what that might be. And we saw those time and time again. We're still seeing some in the price ranges. Mm-hmm. The average um, month supply of inventory is one point three eight, um, but it's significantly higher in that over five hundred range of four point six. So if you're under, you know, that average median price. Um, you're gonna, you're still gonna have those hot offers. In fact, here's this. This is depressing, I think, for those of us who've been in this community for a long time. And yeah. also, when we compare what our average income is in this community, uh, households fifty three thousand, but individuals twenty six. Mm. There were no homes sold in July under a hundred thousand dollars, and that's the first time in first time memory. We've, uh-huh. Yeah, that. Yep. Uh, I think last year was it three or five that mm-hmm. got sold in that price range. Yeah. And, and, uh, Wow, that's so sad. And this year is none. And because I, I think that for you and I, who've been in this community for a long time, yeah. when we drive around, you're still going to think, 
well, that house is probably a eighty thousand dollar house, and mm-hmm. we're going to go. No, it's not. Yeah. It's a two twenty. Yeah, and you're going to go. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, you see houses listed for you know over a million dollars. You see some listed at three or four million dollars uh, in this market. They don't move very fast, mm-hmm. uh, but typically, um, and maybe there's no such thing as typical, but <laughs> but somebody might be moving from the state of California. Sure. And they see a house listed for $3.2 million and they say, oh, wow, that's an incredible value. Yes. Or they have some type of, uh, of, uh, uh, what's the tax that haunts everybody? Uh, the capital gains tax or mm-hmm. something that's, uh, uh, involved in, uh, selling their property in, uh, California. So they need a 1031 exchange mm-hmm. or whatever they call it. But, but, you know, um, is that, Typically, a house like that is going to sit there for a while, in your opinion? It definitely stays on the market for longer. Sure. Your buyer pool is very, very much more limited. The other thing that with a house in that price range, we still have land. If yeah. you know, so a lot of times you're going to build, you're, you're gonna build yeah. what you want, yeah. you know, you yeah. might look at a house and go, oh, yeah, OK, maybe I'll tweak it here, tweak it there a little bit. Yeah. But you're going to say, you know what, I'll just build what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have property prices, land prices also uh, uh, increased the same way that uh, home prices of course, have increased? Yeah. Okay. Boone County is always, you know, the the star of the state yeah. <laughs> in many instances of uh, what just uh, land yeah. goes for. So um, when the market is this this hot, as it has been the last couple of years, uh, there are going to be people that are entrepreneurial like me who say, oh, I don't need a realtor to sell this. The market's so hot, I'll sell it myself. And so mm-hmm. I am guilty of doing that uh, with a property we owned at the lake. And uh, But there's some real, one of the things I want to ask you about is MLS and, and the importance of that in a real estate transaction. Because one of the things I noticed trying to sell it myself it sure was hard to get the word out that I had a property for sale. You know what I mean? I thought the world would beat down my door, yeah. but because I wasn't on MLS, I was really at a distinct advantage. Tell, talk to me a little bit about MLS and, and the benefit of that. Well, I I would like to sometimes compare the MLS to the stock exchange. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Think about it. So what what is it? What does it do for you? It is mm-hmm. an orderly exchange of real estate. Yeah. It's the way we know that real estate changes. The mm-hmm. MLS many times is frequently just seen as a database of property. Yeah. Um, it's really an MIS or multiple information system. Mm-hmm. It's containing not only just the three bedroom, two bath piece of it. It's containing the tax information. It's the history of the home. Yeah. So we can see, well, what did you buy it for? Um, you know, it's pictures that are in there. It's floor plans, which are in there, which is a whole nother conversation for us to have. Um, but it is the largest, it is the largest database of available homes on the marketplace, which then is syndicating out. Mm-hmm. So when you're not in the MLS, you are losing the syndication to potentially that person from California. And so now you're, you know, again, we talk about you take a million dollar house. If somebody from California is going to buy that, well, they have to see it first and find it first. Um, And so that is that visibility piece where you see it. Now Mm -hmm. it's run by competitors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like the stock exchanges. It is a membership. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's the forms then that we know you're going to need. So when we talk about where do you get that escalation clause? Well, Mm -hmm. that's part of what a realtor can help you with the transaction versus you having to um, go to an attorney and have them prepare an individual one. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, if there was a circumstance where you would need something more specific, we'd always recommend. This is my disclaimer piece of this, right? We'd always recommend. uh, (laughs) Jim Mikowski would love this, right? We'd always (laughs) recommend an attorney. (laughs) But um, but we do have forms that we can fill in and forms that have been proven um, and supported by the Missouri Bar and other 
attorneys. Yeah. Okay. So uh, when you look at uh, your options uh, when when it comes to uh, buying and selling real estate, mm-hmm. um, people shop in all kinds of different ways. On a scale of one to ten, how evil is Zillow? Oh. oh. As far as people looking for property, well, no, they're not I mean, very evil but, at all. But, no, <laughs> but is, is Zillow is Zillow even close? Zillow will put a is it a Zen estimate or something that they a put estimate. on? A estimate. Um, I mean, are they even close? Not in Boone County. Okay, you can't rely on the estimate in Boone County, and okay. here's why. Okay, uh, Missouri is a non-disclosure state. Ah, so you don't the, have to disclose the, the the price that you sold your home for. No. Okay. Your price that you sold your home for is the only place that exists is in the MLS, unless you give permission to disclose it elsewhere. So my question is, Fred, when you sold your house, did you want that price disclosed to anyone else? No, I really didn't. You really didn't. No. <laughs> and you're a data guy, yeah, right? You want right. as much yeah. data as you yeah. can find, yeah. but when it's your I, house, <laughs> I especially did not want the Boone county assessor uh Mm -hmm. seeing what i sold my house for or bought my house for Mm -hmm. well interestingly enough so there are two counties st louis county and jackson county in missouri which do disclose sales Mm -hmm. prices there are entire states which disclose sales prices Mm -hmm. so as people are moving in here they're like i want to know what the house sold for yeah you're not going to get that you're not going to find that and in fact when you start to dig into the zestimate on zillow Mm -hmm. you'll see it actually says it's it's just like it's down in boone county it says one star Mm -hmm. which means there wasn't information available Ah, very good versus like a five-star county so yeah um i always say you know grab that zestimate let's compare it talk it over with a realtor who has that data where they can do we call it a cma a comparative market analysis mm-hmm. where they're going to be able to compare the comps or the solds and give you a much more robust price um that you can find that because in boone county the zestimate's off now if you want to go talk you know someplace else in the country different conversation yeah um Mozilla is the number one place where people are buying uh, and looking yeah. for property for sure. Yeah. Um, they have lots of different business models under their umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are what we call iBuying, where they'll buy the property straight from you. Um, and then obviously they have mortgage companies. So those branches, yeah. those are different one to tens. But as far as, you know, just property <laughs> database searching, um, the information on Zillow is coming from the MLS. And yeah. so in this county, what you should be grateful for is that the multiple listing system here run by the realtors, um, and certainly Brian Tui, who's our CEO over at the Columbia Board of Realtors, I'd put him up against anyone yeah. as far as making sure the data is accurate, yeah. the data it's timely, you know, you're not if if you search a site and you're seeing a lot of houses that are sold have different prices or don't seem to have accurate information, it's usually not coming from the MLS yeah. or from a realtor. Looking for a random stat here, uh, the average home uh, in Columbia, Missouri, sells for what percent of the listing price? Oh, generally. Well, for a while, it was over 100%. Yeah. We were seeing over 100%. Yeah. What we will find in this market, mm-hmm. uh, historically, 97 to 99. Okay. Um, other parts of the country, that number may be 90%. Mm. So it's you know, when we find people who come in and they kind of make a lowball offer, they're like, well, that's normal in our market. Yeah. It's not, not here. here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. Okay, so can you give us a little sneak preview? Um, and maybe you'd rather not talk about it, but there's a big lawsuit pr- pending that people should be watching the news uh, for, correct? Uh, can you give Give us a little bit of insight. Well, like many <laughs> industries and like um, different things, mm-hmm. I would say, um, you know, there's 
real estate's always under attack. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Because it's your biggest investment. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, appropriately, we should all be making sure that the process under which you are making your largest investment is secure, is equitable, is fair, yep. you know, is transparent to all, to the consumer and to anyone who was involved in that transaction. It's yep. why we have, um, RESPA rules, mm-hmm. which are the Real Estate Settlements Procedures Act to make sure all that gets disclosed. Right. Um, there is a question as to how the MLS operates. And so, hmm. um, and, in, and what we have found is that guess where is a really good state to try? Missouri. Um, Missouri. Yeah, the Bellwether State. Yeah. <laughs> the Missouri, the Bellwether yeah, yeah, State. So yeah. we'll see a national um, case, which will be heard here in a little while coming up in Kansas City, which is going to debate the merits of the multiple listing okay. service and how um, buyers and sellers are compensated yeah. um, throughout the commission and, yeah. and how that is disclosed. Yeah. And so um, when it comes to, we only got about two minutes left here but when it comes to compensation um is that something that is typically negotiable or are there pretty strict rules about how uh if you are the seller saying yeah but i only i say i want to list it but i only want to pay two percent uh what what kind of reaction uh typically would you get uh from a from an ethical realtor I tell you, it's always negotiable. Okay. It's always negotiable. And depending upon that seller's relationship with the realtor, depending upon the services in which a seller wants, and depending upon the services in which a realtor offers, mm-hmm. you're going to see that rate, um, and it can fluctuate dramatically, mm-hmm. um, depending upon who you're working with, why you're working with them, and how you need the home sold. But when you see one of these crazy TV ads saying, you know, our, our realtors will do it for 1%, uh, let the buyer beware. Let the buyer beware. Yeah. Especially because currently right now in the mor- the mortgage, the lender does not allow you to finance any commission that you might pay. Mm. So if you're working with a buyer's agent, and I think we should all agree that services, you should receive some type of compensation for your service. Right. It sure helps that today that that can be financed into the home transaction versus the buyer having to come up with additional yeah. money. Elizabeth Mendenhall, it's always fascinating to talk to you. Uh, great to you have too. you on the show this weekend. And, and thanks for the update and the education on the local real estate market. We really appreciate it. That is Elizabeth Mendenhall, CEO of Boone Remax Realty and former president of the National Association of Realtors. Uh, we'll be back next weekend with another edition of the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry signing off. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. My city was a threat to the rest. This city is my city.